Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new Reality Breached. I'm Sergio, I'm typically your host, but as I do sometimes, uh, I'm going to kick it over to my good friend Kyle with Discussing Network. He's going to drive our conversation today about new mutants. So without further ado, take it away Kyle! The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back from Reality Breached, Sergio. Sergio, my friend, how are you? I'm very good, Kyle. Last time we talked, we were talking Eternals, but it was a movie that actually came out in the same month that we're talking about it. But we're talking about something different. And I want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you, my friend? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Glad to be back on with you guys and welcome, Sergio. <laughs> and hopefully this will be a interesting discussion. <laughs> I think it's one that we've waited a long time to have this conversation. And then, Sergio, you and I were joking that we even waited for a while to have this review simply because of what the movie is. To so tell everyone listening, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the New Mutants, the uh, I guess the last canonical X-Men movie in the original Fox X-Men movies. I'll give it that. I think I'll agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And and the the, the reason you know I wanted to to talk about it because I reached out. I was like, we haven't talked about this yet. We need to. Is because every year. Uh, for the past few years, uh, Reality Breached and Discussing Comics kind of get together in January and talk about all the movies coming up in the you know coming year, you know, to to to, to kind of whet our appetites. And the New Mutants just seems to be seemed to be that movie that wouldn't go away. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from the, uh, the 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 Fox merger with Disney. And then the pandemic and then just it being unceremoniously released in the middle of the summer. Like the New Mutants has been a mess across the board. So when I finally sat down to watch this movie in a theater in August of 2020, I don't know if anticipation is the word, but I was like, there's no way this is going to be great. <laughs> there's like mm. just just mathematically like. There's no way this movie is going to be great. And then the movie that popped out of it is something that I did not anticipate. And I'm very, very curious to get you guys' opinion on. Mm. So let me say this about the movie before we go forward. I agree with everything you just said. I didn't watch it in theaters, though. I waited until it came out on video. But having said that, I actually rented it, you know, didn't wait till it started streaming, but I actually rented it, and I wasn't, I didn't go into it expecting it to be the new mutants, even though the character's names and the title and the everything was supposed to be new mutants, I wasn't expecting it to be my new mutants, so let me say that. 
So <laughs> hashtag not my new mutants. Not my new mutants. <laughs> Clarence, just initial before we kind of delve into what we actually thought. What what were what were you thinking going into this? Yeah, speaking of movies getting caught in limbo, no pun intended. Um, but this, <laughs> it seems like it kind of filled in the same lines of what was the last, the Dark Phoenix movie in mm-hmm. that merger, you know, to Disney kind of, again, limbo that we had there. But I had no anticipation in this movie, no affinity for, for, for the characters at all. Really, the only connection I have to you know, coming in and watching this movie is to see what Maisie Williams does because, you know, Game of Thrones fame and I've seen on other stuff, me, Doctor Who. So um, I really had no expectation of this film coming in. And and, and again, I, I don't have that history that you have, Cal, of these characters. So whatever they did with them on screen, I was willing to accept as long as that was good. So I'm sure we'll get into all of that. <laughs> okay. So let me give a little bit of history of the New Mutants. I'll make this quick, but just a quick summary of the New, new Mutants in comics. And I'll touch really quick on that history that you just mentioned. The New Mutants were created by legendary X-Men writer Chris Claremont and artist Bob McLeod, first appearing in a one-shot graphic novel in 1982. The characters received their own title a year later that ran for 100 issues before relaunching as X-Force in 1991 by writer-artist Rob Liefeld. The original lineup featured many of the characters in the movie, replacing Karma with with Ilyana. Ilyana appeared in the first issue of the series but didn't officially join the team until around the early to mid-teen issues. So for me... I was, in 1983, 10 years old. I had just started reading the X-Men comic proper right before New Mutants started. And so here are these kids that are around my age, just a little bit older than me, and they were the new students and they were the new mutants coming into the X-Men world. I really related to all of them and really liked all of them, except Wolfsbane, Rain Sinclair. I didn't like her. But... Other than her, (laughs) I really like those characters. So I could have easily gone into this movie with extremely high expectations. But I wonder what it says that I went in with zero expectations. Thoughts? Honestly, the way this movie was marketed, I think think they had that in mind when they went into the marketing of it. Because it was marketed like it was a horror movie. Which, if like if if they're diffusing your your anxiety before the movie even comes out by saying this is not the new mutants you remember, mm-hmm. then then when you hit the you know hit the door or you hit play on the you know on the streaming, your thought isn't I'm going to see something familiar. You all you you're you you're already subconsciously prepared. All right, yeah. and and I'll just add too. I think that. As far as the new mutants and these characters that we see in this movie are concerned, I don't think they are really permeated into the consciousness of of the the coming of the movie watching comic comic book fandom. I'm pretty sure the 
people who've been around since the, those comics came out are definitely uh, ready to see it portrayed a particular way on screen. But for the most part, I think most people are just going to be okay as long as it was good, you know? Okay. So, Clarence, you pose a very interesting question in what you just said, which is, as long as it was good. So, I'm going to reverse and ask you two a question. Sergio, you're laughing, so that makes me want to start with you. Was it good? I, I'm actually going to gonna gonna kick this over to Clarence because that's a very com- complicated answer. And I feel like Clarence might have a, a more straightforward one. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I do, to be honest. Um, I think good would be a stretch. I do think it had some great elements in it. Um, you know, part of the thing that makes it kind of not not well done to me is that a lot of the stuff was just telegraphed too early in the film. So really for me the it was there was nothing really left to the imagination to see where the movie was going to go like I don't know if I'm I'm sure I'm not smarter than the average moviegoer but I just saw a lot of the things in the first 20 minutes of the of the movie. So I do think they had a lot of interesting ideas. Um it felt messy at times. It was very much a, you know, I've been complaining about Star Trek, the latest few seasons and it being a a exploration of emotions. And this kind of what this movie was as well in a lot of ways. Um, But I don't, I don't think it was good. I just thought it was okay. You know, worth a watch to see what these characters are, but it doesn't go anywhere beyond that. Mm. Okay. 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 Uh, I, I'm I'm going to kind of go both directions. I'm going I'm to play both sides, sides both, for both teams here. Objectively speaking, this movie is bad. Like the the story, as as Clarence said, is very telegraphed. Nothing is a surprise. All these characters are very predictable, and the acting in parts is very, very, very messy. However, with all of that said, you know, you have to put that on the table before you can really start dissecting the movie itself. It's kind of brilliant. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. So it's not a horror movie as it was, you know, originally marketed, which is I'm kind of mad about that. Not because it's not horror. It's just don't market something some one way if it's not what that is. Um, the characters individually are interesting characters. I, I really hate that this movie is the only one we're going to get. Yeah. Because at, at the end of it, when of, – of course, spoilers. At the end of it, when they escape from the, you know, from, from the hospital and they're walking off into the woods to a new future – in, in the theater, like, uh, there was, like, a pit in my stomach. I was like, I'm never going to see these guys again. Mm. You know? So so whatever they did in this movie, it like, the, the, the characters really resonated with me. And if you, like, watching watching it back, if you take the ride, like, if you opt in to take the ride, <laughs> and I say that because uh, take things like Smallville, right? That is a bad TV show. 
But you're when you sit down to watch Smallville, you're opting in to the ridiculous nature of that television show. If you opt in to the story that this that, that this director is telling, it is compelling, and it is almost a fantastic metaphor for mental illness. Yep, I, I can mm-hmm. agree with that. So, as I said, I'm going to play both sides of the coin here. It's it's really bad, but I loved it. Well. Mm. I know Kyle is ready to go, but let me interject real quick. I want to almost want to compare it to the Eternals in some ways. And, and, and maybe on the point of saying that if you are into the Fox X-Men movie lore, this definitely is a huge departure. It's nothing like any of the other films. Right. And if you can get in and buy it, buy what's going on, I think there's a lot of goodness to be had. But it's just, it's just so different. There's really, if you watch any other X-Men movie, you don't, you really can't come into this and, and be expecting what you get at all. It's just so different. And yeah. Yeah. and and in, in this streaming world that we're in now, I think this would have been a great television show. Oh, yes, absolutely. Agreed. All right. So (laughs) for me, if I would have, again, gone into it, maybe when they first said it was coming out back in 2017 and maybe the fact that we waited for three years to actually or four years, however long to actually see it, maybe that helped me not be on a soapbox here ranting about how bad I disliked it because of X, Y, Z. But I agree with what you said in regards to it could have been a story about mental health. I agree that the characters are compelling, even with the changes that they did. Those characters that were introduced in the comics back back in 1983 are still in the comics in 2022 almost. Um, Ilyana is even a major X-Men character now, and they've all been in some shape, form, or fashion an X-Men or Avenger character, some of them. So all of them have withstood the test of time, which is awesome. The movie itself, if I take out knowing who those characters are, and if I just look at it from what it is, I agree with what Clarence said. It There was the predictability there was some things that were just kind of on the nose and just overly, overly predictable. That said, I didn't get bored. I got bored in Dark Phoenix, and I freaking love the Dark Phoenix story. I didn't really get bored in this. I wasn't jumping up and down saying, oh, this is the greatest movie. But I think it was different and... I agree that I think it would have been a great Netflix series or a great whatever series. The casting, though, Maisie Williams did a good job. The character or the actor who played Roberto, I think, kind of felt Roberto to me. The others didn't feel at all like um, the characters that I were expecting. So the casting, I think... 
I didn't like. Yeah, the actor that plays Ileana has gone on to great fame after this. Yeah, I, mean, I was, was going to mention that. Like, Anya Taylor-Joy, like, I don't know anything about the character Ileana, but she was fantastic. Yeah, I mm. thought she was, too, as well. I, I really enjoyed all the portrayals. Um, it, it's funny because the type of movie they were building here for this to be this... Um, not really horror. I don't really know what the genre would be, but we're very much dealing with emotions and these characters' minds a lot. And I just thought each of the actors did great. I, I really enjoyed Blue Hunt's um, uh, acting in this in this movie too. I thought she was great as well. Mm. She lacked the poise that I think Danny needed. She didn't have that. I th- I think you know who I picture as being an awesome Danny Moonstar is Alicia Keys. That's that's who I picture as Danny in my head. Hmm. Hmm. As weird as that may sound, that's who I picture as Danny when I you know if I try to picture someone. Um. So let's take each of the characters. Let's start with Danielle Moonstar, who is in many ways the focal point of this story. What did you guys think of her as a character? Sergio, why don't you go first? Um, I like her as a character. Uh, I, I think you kind of hit it on the nose when you said that the, the actress just didn't didn't have the the range to pull it off. Because, you know, it had been a year since I had seen the movie. And had you put that actress in a lineup with similar looking actresses, there's not there's no way I would have been able to you know pinpoint her and say, oh, that was Danny. That, that's how forgettable she was ultimately. But the, 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 like the character and how they they pretended like they were burying the lead as to what her power was, but the predictability of the story really let the cat out or let the bear out of the bag. <laughs> way earlier than I think they wanted wanted the the, the viewers to to realize. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I I, I, it, I feel like there was a lot of potential there that just it didn't live up to it. All right. So what are her power? Well, 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 I want to get Clarence's thought and then I'm going to go back and ask this question. So, mm-hmm. Clarence, what were your thoughts on Dan- Danielle Danny as a character? I pretty much down the line with what Sergio said. I don't I think everything about a character was just so predictable it it made some of the intrigue um a little less appealing even down to the relationship thing they telegraphed almost everything about her character early on and throughout the movie which is kind of what you want to do you do want to see some of the things but they went from just giving us the nugget to pretty much just telling us outright <laughs> what was going to come next. And and from that aspect, I, I really felt like they did the character a disservice um, because it, you want to leave some of that mystery till the end. I mean, from, from the necklace to the telling of the story to um, some of the, the, the imagery we saw on the television. I'm like, it, you why have the movie if you're going to tell us every little nugget before we get to the actual reveal? So in that aspect, 
I think they were trying to be brilliant and seeding the stuff, which again, that's what you want to do. But everything about our character is just was telegraphed much before we got the reveal, which made the actual reveal. Um, it didn't, it didn't hit, didn't stick as much as if it, as it probably would have, they would have waited for, for those moments. All right. So I'm going to start with you, Clarence, on this return question. What are her powers based on what you've seen in the movie? Uh, according to the movie, it looks like her powers are the ability to um, make whatever your fears are come, come true. All right. Uh, when she's scared. Okay. Sergio. Uh, that, um, but they went out of their way to to pinpoint that your 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 fears would basically stalk you until you're dead. Okay. Uh, I, now, now what the movie wants you to believe up until they absolutely spell it out is that like she can conjure a bear or something like they, 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 they wanted it to be a mystery, <laughs> but it just, it was very clear that that's not the case. OK, so I will get to the bear at, at the end of our discussion. So her actual powers in the comic are she can create realistic illusions of someone's greatest desire and or greatest fear she goes on to manifest the ability to create what is simply called a i think they call it a psychic uh, arrow that she can basically shoot a virtual arrow that will fry somebody's synapses etc and so forth but her original incarnation of her powers are exactly that illusion casting of someone's greatest fear or desire does not kill them just fyi so uh, so so she's like a nightmare cupid yeah sort of kind of yeah okay bingo but um and she is always known for her leadership skills as well as being the leader of the new mutants along with co-leader samuel guthrie also known as cannonball so sam Guthrie, Clarence, I'll start with you this time. What did you think of Sam? Wow, just real quick, I would have never thought she would be the leader. <laughs> not hence <laughs> my all. point. Huh. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, on Sam, I thought he was fine. I mean, Charlie Heaton, isn't that the guy from Stranger Things? I think. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So I like him better in Stranger Things than here. If not only for the reason the southern accent just got on my nerves completely. Um, he was just a little bit too thick with that. But he he's one of the characters I don't think we got a lot of information about. And it would be good in another movie or, you know, if this was a TV show to get more information about his character. Now, we did get the backstory of what happened to his father and, you know, um, knowing that he killed his father and his workers that's kind of weighing on him but not really the emotional exploration that i'm usually attuned to <laughs> uh, i get it for the character it makes a lot of sense but yeah I, I really didn't like his character in this movie okay sergio what did you think of him i liked his character i hated charlie heaton's portrayal of him uh, you're right. That southern accent was terrible, and I don't even know if it's like regionally appropriate because the <laughs> character is supposed to be from Kentucky, which is not the Deep South. 
and is kind of adjacent to the Midwest. So I I don't know. I don't know. It, it, he did come from like coal town. So I guess there there is something to be said that you're going to be kind of backwoods if you talk, you know, if you're from there. But uh, why, why does Charlie Heaton always look like he's dying? <laughs> like just as a person, like he's good on Stranger Things. But in this one, he of course, he was supposed to look beat up the whole movie, which I which I really liked. I liked his character. I liked his power. But there was no one else like it was no one else on your call sheet to, to, to call and say, hey, can you audition yeah. for this? Why yeah. was he wearing a cast on his arm? Uh, but because like that, he was always uh, testing his powers and constantly hurting himself. That's why he had like black eyes and uh, a cast on. And and they even made a mention in, in the movie that they think that he might be doing it just because he enjoys hurting himself. <laughs> Well, that's that's one thing maybe Cal can can break down for me, because I feel like he should have been hurt much worse from what he was doing with <laughs> with the, the charging fly around power through walls and stuff. I thought he should have much more of a than a broke arm if he was vulnerable in that way. You know what, All I, right. you know what I mean? So what was his powers? And Clarence, since you brought up powers, <laughs> take it first. What were his powers? Um. Wow. It, he can fly around in an energy ball. I don't, <laughs> I don't know really. We get that Sergio? one demonstration when he's on the chain and he's like going in circles, but other than that, I really didn't get a true sense. Yeah, what I got out of it was almost uh, like a like a sonic. He's able to propel himself through through the sky, and you know, also tear stuff open. Like I, I, I don't know, like. Basically, into an energy ball. Yeah. So his powers in the comics are basically that. He he has the ability to basically ignite himself in this energy from the waist down that shoots him up in the sky. He's got a or you know he can fly. He is um, he has this energy surrounding him as he flies, and he is you ready for this invulnerable. And anything he is holding or anyone he is holding while he flies, he is totally indestructible and vulnerable. He is totally destructive to anything he comes in contact with, but he doesn't get hurt. That's the purpose of having this mm. energy thing around him while he flies. So this idea of him flying into the wall and getting a broken arm or broken foot or whatever makes no sense because that is not his power his um, I, I i get what you're saying i don't know if i agree because if he turns off his little force field thing and then slams into a wall you know him him being in this this hospital and under the guise that he's learning to control his power that makes sense to me yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that, too. And, and I will say that's the one thing I did really like about this idea of the new mutants as when they become of age and maturing and they learn their powers. They might not be able to control them. Perfect premise for putting these characters in this place so they can learn their powers if that was the true intent. Yeah, and 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 his character being the character that uh, th you know they say oh, almost enjoys hurting himself, like that that 
that is an aspect of mental health. True, true. Yeah. And, and so, so, so it only goes to further that that metaphor. Bingo. Yes, exactly what I was about to say. Awesome. Yes. And yeah, exactly what you just said. So let's go on to Roberto da Costa. And Clarence, why don't you start with Roberto? What did you think of Roberto? Again, traumatized by their coming of age. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he has a biggie. He can't have the relations because he gets too excited. So um, that's about the extent of his character that I love this movie. All right. Sergio, what did you think? When I was watching the movie in theater, I was like, is 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 this guy like really from Brazil? Because like he just looks like, you know, the the your white bread, regular rich white dude. You know, I, I say white twice, I guess, too, for emphasis. But apparently the actor is from Brazil. Even though he doesn't look it so that 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 was that was cool. Um, As for the portrayal of the character. It's a character that I don't know I've ever seen on screen because he was a shy, confident guy. You know, like he didn't want to show off his power. He didn't. He, he was he was almost ashamed of what he could do. But also he walked into the room with a swagger as if he's, the, you know, the ladies man that you would expect from a Brazilian character. You know, it, it was, it was kind of. All over the place. I liked him, but he was kind of all over the place. Okay. What are his powers? Sergio, why don't you start? The homie turns on fire. Flame on. (laughs) Flame on. All right. You guys have seen a version of, of Sunspot in Days of Future Past. He is in one of the future scenes in that movie, spoilers, and there is a version of him that I believe is killed by a sentinel. But there is, you know, this, so there is another version that we have seen before of him. With Sunspot's powers, originally he had the ability to absorb strength from the sun and was super strong if he t- turned that dark color that he becomes um, and had little dots, you know, flying around him, et cetera, and so forth. Hence sunspot. But his original powers was nothing more than being super strong. There was no heat energy. There was nothing Mm. like that. He has over the years been able to um, hone his powers to create, to um, create blast from his hands, from the, um, solar energy that he's absorbed but the idea of him being hot literally is you know (laughs) that was not something that was originally part of his story yeah and that's good to know because i was gonna ask like what separates him from johnny storm you know but that makes a lot of sense um a little kal-el you know sun absorption going on there (laughs) Mm-hmm. Very much so. The interesting thing about him was he was super strong, but he was not invulnerable. So he could be hurt for, you know, he he had a very offensive power, but it didn't come back as a defensive in a sense of he was invulnerable. He was just super strong, but could be hurt. 
So like he could he could punch through a wall, but it would break his hand. Yeah, that never made sense to me. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was always one of my questions going up: is how can you be super strong and not be invulnerable? But comic books. <laughs> That's there you go. <laughs> All right, so Sergio, I will let you go first, or ask you to go first on this next one: the mangy mutt, Rain, Will Spain. What do you think of her? I love Maisie Williams. I really do. Um, I, is uh, it, I guess I have to ask you this: Is the character usually Scottish? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. I kind of grow my hair. <laughs> my hair and is so short. I kind of grow my hair. Just, just keep that accent for the rest of the episode. I was right. going to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Rangston Clare. I kind of grow my hair. <laughs> I'm so, a mangy mutt. She seemed way out of place. But I guess knowing the character was Scottish all along. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I guess, you know, OK, that's fine. You know, but she did seem out of place. And the like the romance that that she. Kind of, you know, dives into with Moonstar with Danny. I don't want to say it was uncomfortable. It, I just don't feel like the movie had enough time to deal with it. Because the movie's only like an hour and a half, you know. Uh, but I didn't hate her. Um, Even though I cannot grow my hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... It, it is, I tell you, I'm just painful to watch because I cannot grow my hair. But I want to <laughs> ask Mr. Clarence, what did you think of the Fido? Oh, my God. Create a monster here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, she was she was okay. Uh, I like I like Major Williams as well. Pretty much everything I see her on, I think is interesting. And I do like the fact that she can prowl around, turn into this wolf, and kind of <laughs> sneak around the facility. I thought that was pretty interesting. I would be interested to know what what can she do with that. You know, she can turn into a, a a a wolf and uh beside the one scene we get where she goes ham on the the attendant i forget her name the the main woman uh running the facility uh reyes I, yeah reyes because she can't she can't grow her hair yeah other <laughs> other than that one scene i really didn't get like what is the real draw to turning into a wolf uh got strong uh, um <laughs> Michael J. Fox team will vibes in this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they always got mad at me because they always had fleas. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate Brian. I I hate that character. Do, do you I'm hate her in like here her or do you hate her again? Huh? You 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 never loved her or you oh, just I hated, hated her, her from the very beginning. Okay, yeah. Yes, I dislike that character from the very first because she came across to me as so judgmental at the very beginning and i was turned off by her she hated iliana in the comics and and i really liked iliana and i just like have never liked rain the whole time i still don't like her um well, she's but, more likable than Ilyana in this one, I would say. <laughs> uh, 
we can't, I don't like Ileana because she she has she's she's a demon and she can't go to church and I don't like her. That's what she says in the comic all the time. I don't like her. Which that's integral to her character. We get the scene of her fear of you know going for a confessional and the way when she started to display her abilities. I guess her pastor or religious leader kind of revolted on her. So um, it makes sense for her character, and they very much showed that in this movie that that's kind of ingrained in in in, in who she is. So yeah. all so all jokes aside, Maisie Williams did do a great job of her. I just hate the character, but <laughs> Maisie Williams did do a good job of actually making me tolerate. I don't make any Rain Sinclair jokes about Maisie Williams' portrayal. I just say, you know, about the comic. Um, there's really nothing more to say about her powers. Because, Sergio, I'm going to save you from having to say other than she turns into a wolf. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and actually, I do have something to say about that. Like, the, 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 the conceit of this entire movie is there's these five mutants that they're supposedly in this 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 hospital to learn how to use their powers and possibly become a killer. Like, I don't think there's anything about Rain's powers that she doesn't control. Like, she should be out of this place by now, right? Yeah. The rest right. of them, the rest of them, I can see an argument for they still have some work to do. Yeah, I. I don't know, but I will tell you one thing that I did not like about the movie that just took me out of the movie and kind of made me cringe. And it's only because I know the comic book history, even though I try to separate them. Sergio, you made the comment of the relationship that they tried to form between Danielle and um, Rain. Yes. I don't have a problem with the fact that you had two female characters having feelings for each other. It could have been Sam and um, Bobby for all I care. That would have been fine. But what I had a problem with for this was the fact that they chose Rain and Danny. And the only reason I have a problem with it in the comic, they have always had this bond because part of the psychic ability that Danielle had was she can communicate, feel emotions from animals because she was always in nature as a kid or something and so forth. So she and Rain have always had this bond because of the the um, wolf power. She can actually telepathically communicate with Rain when she's in wolf form. That said, they've always had this big sister, little sister relationship that's still big sister little sister relationship today i did not like knowing that i've had from 83 to 22 knowing this big sister little sister seeing this portrayed as a romantic type relationship just kind of creeped me out a little bit <laughs> it's 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 funny that you say that they they've always kind of had a connection like it make that makes sense seeing as you know Danny's character is Native American, and historically they've had a connection to nature. Mm-hmm. And Rain's character is can literally turn into a wolf, so like it, that makes sense. But uh, oh yeah, I, I I'm so glad I'm not in your position. S- like seeing this romance develop on screen, you're like, what, what, what? No, no. 
Yeah. It, so. <laughs> it, it, you know, that to, honestly, it would be like to me, it would be like if you showed Havoc and Cyclops from the X-Men and you had this interpretation and all of a sudden they're having feelings for each other. I'm like, no, they're brothers. This shouldn't be, you know, that, that makes no sense. <laughs> slightly different, but OK. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I'm saying? If somebody different people interpretate. Or interpret things differently, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that was just creepy. That's the right. stuff they would do in the ultimate line. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. All right. So, last but not least, Ilyana Rasputin. Clarence, Ilyana Rasputin. What did you think of her? Very interesting character. I, I thought the actor... Is the actor really British? Uh, whatever accent she had. Uh, no, it was a Russian accent she had, I guess, in this. Um, I found her very appealing as far as the character's backstory. I feel like we didn't get enough of what, of how she, because she mentions, she mentions, and maybe you guys can explain to me because I got totally confused on this. You got her and her dragon friend, which becomes real at some certain point in the movie, which I didn't understand as well. <laughs> Uh, so, and you have these mask guys who apparently were a part of her torture, which took advantage of her mutant abilities at some point. And we see them all throughout the the closing act of the movie, where they're chasing them, chasing uh, the new mutants down. So that whole sequence and those memories, it was just it was interesting, but I had no idea what was going on. I, I did get that she had her power to go into limbo and she could do her armor thing with her sword. I had actually read that in some comics before um, and I knew about that part and I knew about the limbo. But the backstory of her torture, which is pointed out in this movie a few times, I, I feel like we didn't get enough of that to really understand. So do, so do you think you know who was torturing her or did they was it clear to you? It was not clear to me. I just knew it was those masked dudes that okay. were chasing them around. But I, I don't know who those people are or anything. It really wasn't clear. All right. So you would say her ability – well, well, I'll hold that. Uh, it's magic. Sergio. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's magic with a K. All right. So, Sergio, what do you think? She's the star of this movie, without a doubt. And – the, 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 her powers and her abilities were really the only thing this movie kept secret until it absolutely needed to reveal it. And seeing her go ham on that demon bear and just having the confidence to tear through what she needed to tear through to, to take charge. And I, I, I feel like they positioned her character to be the standout character, kind of like they positioned Wolverine to be the standout character in the original X-Men movie. Because mm -hmm. she starts off as this really off-putting, just obnoxious teenager, which is played very well because those people absolutely exist. And by the end of the movie, there is legit character growth where, you know, she, she, she finds herself free now and understands of what she went through has made her stronger and more, you know, a better person. Like, Ileana's character is this movie. I know that she's not technically the star, but 
she's the reason to watch it without a doubt okay agreed so sergio what are her powers okay she can summon a glowing sword from another dimension that comes with an armor an, an arm that is also covered in armor uh and she has a pet dragon that lives in another magic dimension <laughs> and in the real world it manifests itself as a sock puppet and <laughs> that only makes her seem crazy until you realize oh wait a minute that's really a dragon right oh. I'm so mm. confused. Okay. <laughs> so, so are you ready? Are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I love Lockheed. Don't get me wrong. But, and I know why Lockheed was with, with her. I get that. And, and I'm fine with that. But the way they present it, and I even like seeing Lockheed as a suck, I mean, as a sock puppet or whatever it was, I Thought that was okay because I was like, okay, um, a nod to Lockheed. That said, she should not have had Lockheed at all. But I'll say I'll I'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> the thing that I didn't like more than anything was these this idea that that these smiling men abused her or enslaved her or whatever it was goes so against her story she was a child who was kidnapped and sent to a demonic uh dimension called limbo when she was six years old she stayed there for seven years she returned to the x-men she actually defeated and took over limbo and then escaped or came back to the present and you know, it has magical power. She is the supreme magical person, think uh, Dr. Strange of Limbo, but she has limited magical powers on Earth, and some of that manifest as the um, sword and the armor, the armor on her arm, etc., and so forth. The, um, the dragon actually is nothing magical at all. It is a dragon that Kitty Pride befriended in outer space and is a companion of Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride and Ilyana are best friends, hence I can see why Lockheed was with her. But there is nothing, absolutely no reason for Lockheed to really be with her. He is not magical. He is nothing more than an alien in a shape of a dragon that can, you know, submit fire from his mouth just like a you know a dragon so that's Ilyana. wow like the most surprising thing that you said there is that lockheed is not her dragon yep not her dragon because because lockheed's kind of a big deal in this movie yes but he's not i understand you know because he has when kitty was quote unquote dead for a while or so everyone thought lockheed was around Ilyana a lot because, you know, keep the character and it made perfect sense for him to be around her. But he's not, and he's not from Limbo and he's not a sock puppet in reality. He is <laughs> still the dragon. But dragons yeah. are magical. Let's just be clear on that. Say what now? 
I said, but dragons are magical. Let's just be that, clear on that. Th- that is true, but he is an <laughs> alien from outer space. Yeah, I, I disagree. Dr- dragons are an animal. <laughs> Not a sock puppet. <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I think it depends on what genre you're reading to be brutal. And I'm not trying to be funny. I really think you're both right. I think it is magical and I think it is an animal, but it just depends on, are you reading fantasy? Are you yeah. reading uh, sci-fi? Yeah. Oh, I was just being a little tongue in cheek there, but, but yeah, <laughs> but I really think you're both right. All jokes aside. Mm. Well, I, Ileana's character was the most surprising part of the end of the movie because uh, you spend so much of the beginning of the movie hating her. And by the time like everything hits the fan, like I was rooting for her. It's like, come on. Oh yes. Tear that bear's face off. Yeah. You know, oh. and, and she was just CG, awesome. Yeah. The CG in the closing minutes, as much as you may want to hate this movie, that bear fight at the end was pretty cool. Oh, it was. Yes, it was. It was It was amazing. All right, so let me ask, what did you guys think of the demon bear itself? Any thoughts? And that story about the bear connection, what did you think? I I, I don't want to go all highbrow here, uh, but I think the bear was kind of a metaphor for her grief. Okay, and you know it. She she did she. I was watching it with my 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 wife, and my wife was like, "So her entire reservation just got wiped out, and she's not hysterical. Is there something wrong with her?" And I'm like, it, "It's a movie, babe. Like, calm down." <laughs> but it, when you frame it as she doesn't actually come to terms with what has happened until the end of the movie it makes more sense that she's not hysterical and that her conquering the, you know, the, the demon bear spirit. It, mm-hmm. I, I dig it. I dig it. And it looked amazing. It looked absolutely amazing. All right. Clarence, what say you? Yeah, I agree with Sergio just said, and they made an analogy at the end of the movie. And I can't remember it. I wish I would have wrote it down, but it was something like either you conquer your fear, or you let your fear or your fear will conquer you. You, I can't remember the exact terminology, but it was a great quote. I should have wrote it down. But, <laughs> but that pretty much summed up the the whole thing with the bear. We we finally saw at the end that she was able to conquer that. And the only, I guess, my only question about the bear in general, I'm guessing at the beginning when we saw the bear wipe out her village, was that just an example of her not being able to control her fear? Or control her power at the very beginning, I'm guessing. Um, That's what I would assume. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, seeing a return at the end, it made sense because she was put in that extremely fearful situation of actually dying by Dr. Reyes at the end. So it make it makes sense that it would make a, a reappearance. But I do like the fact that she was able to conquer it and control it. And it made me wonder, and maybe, Kyle, you can enlighten us on this, does she will she have the ability to control that going forward or since she's conquered it is it gone because it felt like to me at the very end of it it was just gone for good 
the the ability her ability at all is that what you're saying well well the ability to to summon the bear to her whim because i feel like she conquered it as far as control but it also felt like at the end that it would never come back you know all right so in the comics spoilers for anyone who have who has not read new mutants number 18 through 20 the demon bear story occurs in new mutants number 18 through 20 and there is this bear that has been haunting her dreams for all these years as a child and she's living with her grandfather and her parents her mother and father were killed and i can't remember exactly what it had to do with the demon bear but at the end of the demon bear story the demon bear is actually revealed to be for some reason her parents that she thought were dead and um they they come back to life and all is well so the demon bear is gone after that it was a manifestation of her parents that something had happened to them interesting i think i found the quote i was talking about um it was okay this i'm reading it's said to be an ancient or native american proverb which is probably not true but um (laughs) inside every person there are two bears forever locked in combat for your soul one bear is all things good compassion love trust the other is all things evil, fear, shame, and self-destruction. So, yeah, I love that wrap-up they kind of gave us at the very end. I thought it was very poignant. It was. It was. And I I think we're supposed to believe at some point in the movie that she is controlling the bear, that she manifested the bear on purpose or as, as like a defense mechanism. But I feel like that's just her using her power on herself. So it's just an aspect of her not being able to control the power. Mm. Interesting. So it makes sense that it doesn't come back because she's conquered that fear. And her power isn't I can make a bear show up. Her her power is, you know, making people scared of their own fears or whatever. Yep. And now this is actually making me want to go back and read uh, New Mutants 18 through 20 because it's – it is one of the known New Mutant stories that they're, you know, quite famous for. So I see why they pulled this into the movie. And I shared a image with the two of you that I will include in the show notes for anyone who is listening. But there is an image of Danny on the cover of number 18. And you'll see what I mean by just the look in her eyes. There is a regalness that the actor that played the part in the movie just didn't an intensity that she did not possess so um i'll put that in the show notes so gentlemen any other thoughts that you want to bring up before we wrap this up um it's worth watching it's you know it's it's equal parts like the breakfast club teen wolf and the runaways Mm. Mm. you know and if you've ever liked any of those things there may be something in this movie for you um but as i said you you have to opt in for the ride because uh if if you're coming into this film looking for high art you're gonna be disappointed (laughs) 
Okay. So <laughs> that sounds like a rating. So if you were to rate it between <laughs> one and five, what would you give it? Oh, don't make me do this. Um, uh, <laughs> personally, I would say a four. But that's just because my opinions are skewed real far on this one. Practically, probably a two. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Clarence, what about you? Thoughts Uh, on rating? uh, Final thoughts as we present the multiverse in the MCU. If we want to bring some X-Men characters over, I know probably the last thing that people think about is the new mutants, but I like this version of Eliana. I would, Eliana, I would definitely love to see Anna Taylor-Joy come and play, you know, in in the the MCU playground proper. I think she could be a fun character. But as far as my rating, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Middle of the road. (laughs) <laughs> didn't hate it, didn't love it. It's just there. Okay. So I'm going to amend something that I said at the beginning. I'm, I've gone back and I'm thinking about her. And I think what will Ilyana that, that turned me off was the fact of they deviated so much from like, this is my all time favorite new mutant. She's like my storm from the X-Men or, you know, She's my favorite new mutant. So that liberty that they took, I didn't quite like. But as far as the actor, I think she did a great job. And she did have the look of how I see Ilyana should look from the comics. That said, I was able to go into this and watch it, knowing my love for the characters, and not get on a soapbox at any point other than almost kind of climbing with the Danny Rain thing. I'm going to give it 2.5 as well. I think it's watchable and I think it would be okay to watch again. And unfortunately I have no desire to go back and watch uh, X-Men Apocalypse or uh, Dark Phoenix, whichever version you're talking about. You know, I think that they did something different and eh, 2.5. So, Sergio, it is the last discussing comics of 2022, and I know you are involved in a lot of other things than being a guest here. So where else, for anyone (laughs) listening, can someone find you out there on the Internet? Uh, Well, the the easiest way uh, is to hit up Reality Breached uh, on either realitybreached.com or one of our social uh, network links uh, we we have the the reality breach name on on the big ones i guess um but probably the the most popular thing i do is shellheads which is a ninja turtles podcast uh, that we do about twice a month and we talk about nothing but ninja turtle stuff uh so you can find that on all major podcast platforms same thing with reality breached we're on all major podcast platforms uh and uh i i, I hope you tune in awesome Mr. Brown, what about you? Uh, I'll just say also to check out Shellheads. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun podcast. I listen in, although my knowledge on turtles is limited. I very much enjoy it, and it's fun to hear uh, these guys talk about it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And also, I'm hi- I'm waiting with bated breath 
for the 2022 most anticipated films. Yes, indeed. Uh huh. That's coming. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Awesome. Well, you know what? I will end by saying for everyone listening, check out Reality Breached. There is always a pleasure to be had when you join us, Sergio, because it is always fun having you participate and talk to us. So your time, your energy is very much appreciated always. So I'm just going to say, everyone, please go out and check out Reality Breached dot com for all of these shows that are under reality breached and tell them that discussing comics sent you so uh, merry christmas happy new years happy holidays to everyone listening to you two guys thank you for listening let us know what you thought about new mutants and again happy holidays we'll see you soon hey kyle hey kyle yes. before we shut this down i i sorry to kick, kick you off track but i just thought of something hear me out Yes, Anya, Ta- Anya Taylor Joy as Sue Storm. I could go for that. Ooh. Because th- that movie's not going to come for what another four or five years. By that time, she'll be almost thirty. She works. I can't see that. Just throwing it out there. No, did you get it? I can't see that. Invisible joke, really. <laughs> accents invisible jokes you get it all here <laughs> no i really think that's a good idea all bad jokes aside <laughs> i could i could go for that not sure if i could see that but i could definitely <laughs> go for that um yeah i i i'm all for oh dang it i can't stop i i'm uh all i'm i'm with that how about that <laughs> fantastic four okay cool all right guys that that was a uh good conversation and again everyone listening we hope you enjoyed it check out everything that we do stay safe and have a very great holiday season Thanks for listening to Reality Breached. Be sure to check out our other great shows like the Black Pocket Podcast, Shellheads, and Dead Scene Kids, all available on realitybreached.com. That was actually fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the movie more than I thought I would. Truly, I did. I, th- I thought it was going to be a, a, a crap show. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When I first sat down... I, I was watching it with Reed and I was like, oh no, oh no, it's worse than I thought it was going to be. Oh no. And by the end, I was so happy. What it's, did Reed think about it? Reed was 100% indifferent. <laughs> he was like, can, okay, all right, I guess, I guess I have to watch this whole thing, right? He was completely <laughs> indifferent. Oh, 
Yeah, that's what I was big for him. Because, <laughs> like, I invited him to, I was like, hey, you want to join us to, you know, talk about New Mutants? And he was like, do you need me? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. He wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, technically, I guess we don't need you. I was like, okay, just let me know if you need me. <laughs> In other words, please don't need me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. I'm your host, Clarence, and I wanted to introduce you to the podcast. Discussing Trek is all about keeping you informed on the latest news and episode reviews in the Star Trek universe, while also staying engaged with our community of listeners. So be sure to hit that subscribe button for weekly content and stay locked in to DiscussingTrek.com for more information. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper. <laughs>